What is Demystifying Research? Hosted by me, Kelly Harris. And me, Catherine Hoyt. Demystifying Research is a space where we dialogue on training, careers, and all things research. Everything from is research right for me to thinking about applications, mentorship, which research degree is right for me, handling failure and rejection, CVs versus resumes, and funding. This is a space where we engage in discussions around the questions we all have or have had when considering a career in research and science. As clinician scientists, we seek to answer questions and address issues that aren't clearly addressed in more formal spaces, things that weren't addressed in our clinical training, questions that we may not know how or where to begin to seek answers. This is not a space only for scientists and researchers, but for anyone who may be interested in science and research. We're so glad you've joined us. Let's dive in. We are excited to talk about selecting a mentor today, and we have a special guest, um, Peter Myers. I want to ask you to maybe tell us a little bit about yourself um, and maybe a little bit about the um, peer mentoring program that you started. Sure. So thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. It's quite an honor. Uh, my name is Peter Myers, and I'm the program manager for the Office of Postdoctoral Affairs here at WashU. Um, though I've actually been at the university for, uh, I don't want to admit it, but for over seven years at this point, I did my graduate work here and did my postdoc work here and then just transitioned to this new position. Um, and as Kelly alluded to um, with Catherine during our postdoctoral experiences, we put together a postdoc peer mentorship program or as we call it the PPMP. And it was designed in response to a need that we were hearing from our postdoc community to find ways to gain mentorship skills and to also build one's mentorship network. And so we worked together to design a program that would allow more seasoned postdocs, people who have been at the university for a couple of years to be paired with newer postdocs to kind of help them learn the ropes and help guide them along their research and career paths. And we are wrapping up our first year, our pilot year. And um, so far the results seem very positive and we have a new round of coordinators getting ready to launch our second year. Did I miss anything? Amazing. I don't think so. Um, but what I was thinking about as you were saying that some people that may be watching this may be unfamiliar with what a postdoc is or peer mentorship. Could you define both of those things for us a little bit? Yeah. So a postdoc is some, it's, it's a position that's uh, held in the research primarily, and it can be academic or it can be industry, but it is a position that you hold for a temporary amount of time, five to seven years at most. And you, you enter into this position having completed your PhD. For some people, they also do it after an MD, but primarily it's for people who have received their PhD and are looking for a little more guidance and training in a specific area of research. Uh, in terms of peer mentorship, it is to me uh, an opportunity where you um, as well as a colleague, someone who is at a similar training level as you um, enter into um, a relationship where maybe one of you has a little bit more experience uh, than the other uh, in terms of navigating a certain area or space. 
uh, and you get to work together uh, to kind of, I guess, traverse that space, um, helping guide each other along the way. Um, it's a reciprocal relationship um, and it's designed to not be hierarchical in the same way that other mentorship relationships can be. Thanks. I think that's helpful hearing about peer mentorship and how that can be something that can be beneficial in, in addition to like formal mentorship. And on that note, um, I, let's talk a little bit about just different types of mentorship or what is a mentor um, kind of more broadly. So what are um, perhaps some different types of mentorship? We've talked now about peer mentorship a little bit. What are other formal or informal types of mentorship versus maybe sponsorship? Oh, so many great questions there. So in general, to me, uh, a mentor or a mentorship relationship is a relationship that is supportive of uh, one's growth and in one's development in um, as a person. It can often be in a specific area, like you might have a research mentor as well as a career development mentor. And those mentors are there to help guide you in your growth in that specific area. Uh, we talked about peer mentorship, and that is a great opportunity to work with your colleagues and your peers, for lack of a better term, uh, as you um, try and grow together. Um, you can also have more formal mentorship relationships, and that's where someone might be in a, I guess, higher position uh, than you are. So it could be a graduate student and a professor that can be a, a formal mentorship relationship. And I think that's often the more traditional form of mentorship that we think about. Uh, there can also be like informal mentorship. And so maybe nothing's written down, maybe never said, I would like you to be my mentor. But um, you, uh, you look up to this individual and they are willing to provide you guidance. An example of that for me, uh, coming from the, the research uh, experience is maybe you're a graduate student and your lab happens to have a staff scientist. And that staff scientist has gone through the graduate career. They are not necessarily your PI, but they are able to help guide you along the way and add some empathy um, and understanding as, as you're going through the struggles of uh, graduate school. Um, I don't know if I touch upon the different things you asked about. Well, I, I mean, I guess, so that made me think a little bit like how did you, or how have you, or how have you helped other postdocs or seen other people in your career so far um, seek out different types of mentorship? I think that can be really difficult. Do you have any thoughts about that? How to get a mentor? It is difficult for sure. Um, I think one thing to maybe acknowledge is that on the one hand, I think in research and in academia, we talk a lot about mentorship and like, oh, this is my mentor and they help me do this and that. However, I don't think we actually have a culture of mentorship in academia. We don't have a culture where a trainee is brought on and said, I am your mentor. I might also be your PI. A PI and a mentor don't actually have to be the same thing. Um, but bringing in a trainee saying, I am your mentor or PI, 
These are other people who are in your mentorship network who are here to support you as you go through your training. We don't actually do that, or at least we don't do it formally. If you have a great mentor, which I've been very fortunate to, to seek out, then they might offer some advice in terms of like, maybe you should talk to this person or set up regular meetings with this person. But I think in general, we don't have a mentorship culture within academia, within research training. So that's one thing to think about. And then in terms of seeking out mentors, if you are willing to accept that you might need to do a little legwork, they're not going to come to your desk and say, I'd like to be your mentor. Um, then I think for me, the best way I've sought out mentors are people connecting with people who have taken an active interest in what I'm doing, whether that is in my career development, whether that's with my research, whether that's simply trying to navigate graduate school or postdoctoral training. It is someone who says, who actively asks questions about how I'm, how am I doing? Uh, what's going on? Where are areas that you're struggling with? Where are areas of success? Those are people who are showing an invested interest in your, your development, your growth, your experience. And those, to me, are going to be the best mentors because you're not forcing anything. You're not uh, asking someone to give up their time for you. Rather, they're saying, I would like to engage with you. I would like to be part of your experience and development. Uh, so getting out there, meeting new people. Um, I know that kind of sounds silly, but it is about getting out there. Maybe it's just going to talks and um, having a conversation with the person next to you or uh, talking with, I don't know, some of my best mentors have been staff members who are in the department. They might not be in a research position, but they have so much knowledge because they've seen so many graduate students come through that they can help guide you. So I'm thinking about two things that you said. Um, the first is you, you mentioned a mentor network. And I think when I first started hearing about and thinking about mentors, I thought about one or two people, or we think about a primary mentor or a secondary, secondary mentor. And then I heard about, I think one of my mentors gave me this kind of mentor map that suggested that I need to have personal mentors and research mentors and teaching mentors and all of these different people in different places um, and sponsors, which I think we should come back to at some point. Um, and so I just wonder your thoughts about, you know, what you like, what a network should look like um, and having multiple mentors in all these different areas um, was, was the first thought. My first thought is absolutely build a network as best as you can, um, because I think it's really easy, I guess, getting back to the idea of the, the culture in academia, there is often an assumption that your, your PI is your mentor, which doesn't have to be true. A PI can be a mentor, hopefully will be a mentor, but might not actually be a good mentor for you. However, they might be doing great research that you want to learn about. And a mentor doesn't have to be a PI. So a mentor, again, can be a staff member. They can be in a different department. They could be uh, your peer. Um, and if you find a mentor who can mentor you in all aspects of your life, 
that's amazing. I haven't found a mentor who can do that for me. Um, and I think it's unreasonable to ask a mentor to mentor me in all aspects of my life. They might be able to touch upon here and there, but like they, they're a research mentor or they are a career mentor or they're a personal life mentor. Um, but asking someone to take on all of that is a lot. So keeping that in mind, then I think it, I hope it opens up the idea that you want to find more people. And so who are the people that you're interacting with on a regular basis? Who are the people that you have a conversation with about your career trajectory? Maybe they are an informal mentor. And then who are the people that you're talking about, like your personal life struggles, whether it's because someone uh, recently passed in your family and this person in your life is the one that you go to to talk with about those losses, about those experiences. They can be in your mentorship network. Again, maybe it's informal. Maybe you see them more as a friend. But in reality, if they're invested in your growth and in your development and invested in supporting you, then to me, they can absolutely be considered a mentor. And knowing when someone is being a mentor versus being a friend um, I think there's some nuance there um, and it just kind of maybe takes some time to navigate that slight shift in the relationship, but I think it gets easier over time. Yeah. To your point about, you know, one person can't mentor you in every area. And I, I think we don't want that, right? Because it, it, then we lose the value of all these different perspectives. I think, especially as we're trying to kind of make our way through academia and learn all of these different things, the value of different people's experiences is so um it's, it adds so much, right, to our own kind of learning and experience. So I think that's excellent. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, I, you know, I remember being told um, a story from someone else about how they, they kind of seek out mentors. And um, she talked about just scheduling a meeting and like the big question being, can you, you know, I just want to hear your story. I want to hear how you, you know, navigated this experience or kind of those really broad general questions showing interest in people whose work or who's who interest us for any particular reason um that that kind of can open the door to building those relationships and and understanding um whether a somebody might make a good mentor for you and and like an introduction to start kind of building that relationship as opposed to, like you said, you know, you can't just go up and, Hey, can you be my mentor? Would you devote X number of hours to me every, you know, week or month or, or what have you. I, but I thought it was really interesting. And as a, you know, that's kind of the like, well, what do I do? How do I kind of cold call or email somebody that I might want to get to know? And I thought that was a great way to think about it. Just to. That's a really good point. Kelly, yeah. like, you know, developing that relationship is actually an important part of cultivating your mentorship network. And there may be great people that you want to get, you know, solicit their advice on a specific thing, maybe getting feedback on a paper or on an AIMS page, but they may not have the time or ability to commit to a long-term mentorship, um, like type of relationship, but maybe you'd be able to cultivate that relationship by just saying, you know, I'd love 15 or 30 minutes of your time to hear about how you got to where you are or something like that to mm -hmm. demonstrate that interest. It is all yeah. about relationships, isn't it? It really is. Um, and I think we've mentioned like, you know, the term sponsorship a couple of times. I feel like I don't, I, I keep coming back to that because I think it's so important. It's something that mm -hmm. I undervalued and didn't understand 
um, when I was first getting into kind of academia, was thinking about as part of that mentor network, thinking, making sure you have people who have, who are willing to drop your name, who are willing to kind Mm -hmm. of make recommendations that include you, who are willing to kind of open doors for you in that process. And so understanding that there is definitely a distinct difference between a mentor and somebody who can do that um, Mm -hmm. was, was huge for me and understanding how to cultivate those relationships as well and understand who, um, to your point, Peter, like has interest in your work and who, who will do that without, um, you know, having to kind of ask, beg, plead <laughs> to get those doors open. So, and I, and I is- guess, go ahead. Oh no. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, just to clarify, um, in terms of sponsorship, uh, it is, to me, it's someone who, is in your network, they might be a little bit more peripheral, but you also know that they are well-connected and that they are willing to say, I spot, um, I know that Peter is really good at um, hierarchical linear modeling. Um, I think he'd be really great for um, this project that you're on. Here's a connection. And then they step out. It is not someone who is going to be like checking in, like, did you make that connection? And then like, fostering that connection uh, too much further, but someone who just makes a connection then can step away. Yep. But that's so important to have people. I think I, I'm still st- trying to appreciate the value of having sponsors in your network and making sure that those people that, that you consider potential sponsors know about all of your interests and mm-hmm. all of your skill sets so that they can say, oh, I know the speaking engagement is coming up. And I can't do it, but Catherine would be a great person for me to refer to it, to like just pre- open up some doors for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's what I think of sponsors as are people who will just open a door. And if you choose to walk through, fantastic. If not, <laughs> the door was open. Interestingly, I actually saw this on Twitter um, just maybe yesterday or the day before. There were a couple of people who were just saying, hey, if you're, you know, um, underrepresented in this area and you don't feel like you're getting invitations to speak or to do these things to drop me a line and I'm you know I'll kind of put your name out there and these are people in places that they either get too many asks they can't you know they can't think about accommodating all the requests that they get and so really trying to build networks that way for folks who are um, struggling to kind of get in those doors and I thought it was great um, to just see that So thinking about, I'm saying that, I guess, just to say that I feel like that can come in a a multitude of ways. And I hadn't thought about random connections on Twitter being one of them, but clearly it could be, right? Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I think one, social media has destroyed all of my previous ideas of of what networking uh, actually is or can be. Um, But I think you also make a great point that we're talking about mentorship here and um, how to find a mentor, but also you might be someone else's mentor and you might be able to be someone else's sponsor if you're willing to just open up a door and say, hey, here's a great opportunity, who's interested? That sounds great. So thinking about this sponsorship and all the different types of mentors that that maybe you've experienced or uh, Kelly or I have had in our lives too. Can you tell us, Peter, like a bit of what you've noticed from postdocs that you're working with or from your own experiences, what great mentorship looks like um, 
I know that might be a little difficult since we've been talking about all of these different types of mentors. Yeah, I think so. A couple of great mentorship moments for me have been when I've gone to a mentor and said, hi, I'm uh, interested in doing X or I want to explore Y. And that person going, that sounds fantastic. I think you'd be really great at that. That's not my area of expertise. Let me connect you. And that's a great example of when a mentor might be a sponsor because they can be in, or not, they can be one in the same, not interchangeable, but they can be one in the same. Um, so to me, that's great mentorship because it's a point where the mentor realizes their own personal limits, but is still invested in you and invested in making sure that you can succeed to the best that they can facilitate. Uh, so that's one example. I think another example has been, um, it was a, it's a reciprocal relationship and we, we kind of laid out expectations at the beginning of um, our, our relationship together. So I'm thinking for me, uh, when I started a position, I sat down with um, my PI and a mentor and said, I can do what you want me to do for this role. Know that I don't plan to stay in this role forever and I am going to be doing this other career exploration. Are you okay with that? And because we were able to set those expectations and those guidelines in terms of what this relationship would be, um, it, it moved forward very fluidly. And they were also, because we set that expectation, they were happy to let me take time to explore that, take time from my day to go to career talks or look at um, or have informational interviews that might expand my mentorship network. Um, so again, I think it, they're both examples of when a mentor acknowledges what you need and how to give you the space to do that or connect you to someone who can help you um, grow in that, that area. So someone who may be like mentor shopping or, you know, considering a PhD and looking at who the possible mentors would be what, if they went to different programs. Do you have any thoughts on what to look for when selecting a mentor or specific things to ask about? Yeah, I think one thing to ask about is like, how do you communicate and what are your expectations uh, from this relationship? And I think that's perfectly acceptable to ask um, because maybe maybe their communication style isn't going to work with you. And even though they have best intentions, it might create friction and acknowledging that. And maybe you can still have that person as a mentor, but you need to manage, again, those expectations. Um, I think it is okay. No, I think it's absolutely valid and fine if um, someone who is doing research, it might not be, your mentor. You might be working with a PI and they're doing great research and you're learning about the research and growing as a researcher. So maybe they're uh, a mentor in that aspect. But in terms of the, the bigger picture of your career, maybe they're not a mentor and that's fine too. Um, so asking yourself, what is it I am trying to get out of a relationship with this person? And being honest with yourself Am I choosing this person 
to be a mentor because I like their research? Or am I choosing this person because there is something in their career path or in their persona, in their existence that really speaks to me and that I want to grow towards becoming? That makes me think of something else too, because I know when I've been thinking about, you know, mentors and who might make a good mentor is asking them what their mentorship style is, like even going beyond just communication, but like, how do you mentor? What's your lab like? Um, How many people have you mentored before? And maybe uh, are they, is that person comfortable with you talking with some of their previous mentees about their experience? I think can be like an additional way to learn a bit about that. Yeah, if you're able to kind of, I guess, jump into their um, uh, perspective mentors, mentee network, there's a lot of M's happening there, um, and talk with those mentees about their experience with a mentor, go for it. I am 100% for that because you'll learn so much and you might gain a peer mentor in, in the experience as well. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I, so listening to this, I was thinking about, you know, a lot of the things you mentioned being kind of strategies to, to address or avoid kind of challenging mentor-mentee relationships, right? Like not going in with expectations on the front end, not understanding those things. I'm wondering what other, um, what kind of, what are the challenges you've seen in mentee mentor relationships and, and, you know, your thoughts about how to address those. Um, one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking was kind of how important it is for us to know ourselves, um, our own communication styles and, you know, um, our strengths and weaknesses or strengths and growth areas, things like that. Um, yeah. So, so what are any thoughts about dealing with challenging, um, mental relationships? Yeah. So I've only, thankfully, knock on wood, um, only had a few experiences where um, there were some significant challenges in um, a mentorship relationship. And it really was, each time for me, it was a failure on, in the relationship to communicate expectations. Um, or So an example for me, I was stepping into a new position and thankfully there were, I had a predecessor and that predecessor happened to be a family member and had been in that position for nine years. So in stepping into that position, I made an assumption that because they are my family member and my predecessor, they would be a great mentor for me as I took on that relationship. And it turned out that like our communication styles didn't necessarily jive, nor did we ever sit down and have a conversation about what what I was hoping to gain from them and what they were willing to offer. Um, And so there was conflict there as well as conflict around the fact that we're we're related to each other. um, And so there are other relationships to navigate there and other conflicts um and so for me ultimately it came to a point where we just decided this isn't an area that you can be a mentor for me in because of these other conflicts and that's okay we're still family we still love each other however i am going to 
talk to other people who are still within um, that sphere of that new position to help me develop in this position rather than ask you because it's that tension wasn't worth navigating for myself, um, if that makes sense. Um, I think other challenges really do come around um, communication, um, expectations at the onset, um, or changes in one's goals or needs. And I personally think when, if you have a life event or some kind of change of heart um, that is going to impact your relationship or perhaps your trajectory or what you think you're going to be doing in that relationship, then that needs to be communicated as quickly as possible and say, hey, I know that I said I wanted to become a PI um, in a R1 institution. Um, however, I'm feeling very energized around uh, policy right now, and I want to explore doing a postdoc in that space. Can, are you willing to continue to support me? If not, can you connect me to other people? And again, if you've set up expectations at the beginning and communication styles at the beginning, then I hope that that mentor is willing to um, support you. But if not, it is okay to say, thank you for everything you've done for me and take a step back. I think that's an important message. Sorry, Kelly, I see you about to talk. No, go ahead. I, was just, I think probably we've all experienced great mentors and maybe mentors that didn't provide what we expected or um, didn't match our personalities or things like that. And I think that's a really important take home message is, you know, sometimes it's not gonna work out the way that you had planned or wanted and it's okay to move on. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing, Catherine. I was thinking about, you know, being open to like what happens if it's a no, right? So having some kind of backup mm -hmm. plans or some thoughts about that and asking that question. I like that you said, you know, if not, would you recommend like, you know, mm -hmm. having um, thought in that area? The other thing I was thinking about was your the example you provided um, in the beginning about uh, mentor relationship with a family member. I think that applies with friends as well, or, you know, anybody you have a previous relationship with, right? Like recognizing that moving into this new relationship is different and, and, and those dynamics can impact that is so important. Also. Um, the other thing I think I was thinking about, uh, um, thinking about the COVID context, right. And thinking about work-life balance, sorry, <laughs> work-life balance, right. And thinking about, um, kind of our current context, I think that that's an important piece also that I've seen create challenges in, in mentor-mentee relationships that kind of, like, and it goes under expectations, but I also think it's something, I don't know, I didn't think about enough. And um, thinking about even having a mentor that can kind of help mentor you and how you define and set those boundaries and what they are and what's reasonable and realistic. I feel like that's come up in past conversations we've had about just kind of, is a PhD right for me? Thinking about what you want your work-life balance to be and what, you know, we perceive our institutions or departments or programs kind of expectations to be. I think the same can be true for mentorship, right? If you're working with a mentor who expects you to respond to an email at midnight or what have you, you know, hopefully that's not the case, but I feel like in some, you know, it can still come up that there is not congruence there and that being an important piece. Um, 
so anyway, I was just thinking about that. I feel like it's particularly relevant um, right now when our work and home lives are still so intertwined um, in ways that I don't know that we all anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, I, such I, a good point. Sorry, Peter. I just was <laughs> like, I think that point that Kelly just made resonating, like there may be mentors that have an expectation of a midnight response or a 5 a.m. response. And it just comes down to what you said in the very beginning, Peter, like all about communication, but Mm -hmm. clarifying all of the types of communication, like what is your anticipation for, like what do you expect for me in terms of communication with timing, with formality, um, with a type of communication, if some mentors like really strongly prefer face-to-face or like, please don't, uh, please email me, or like, I really don't want another email. I only want one email from you a week. yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, Peter. I apologize. Oh, no worries. I, I love everything you're both saying. And I'll add kind of to that work-life balance idea and the impact of a pandemic um, <laughs> is that it, it can, those large impacting events might be a great moment for you to take a step back and reflect a little bit more about like, am I getting what I need out of these relationships, whether that is in your career or your personal life or, or your research life. Um, but it's a great time to be like, is this right for me? Or have your, your personal needs shifted? And if so, again, that's okay. But if you don't communicate that to your mentors, if you don't communicate that to the people who that choice will affect, then as a mentee, you are kind of failing in that relationship. And so I guess my point is to recognize that a mentor, a mentor and a mentee is a relationship and that you as a mentee have a responsibility in that relationship to also be proactive. You can't just depend on a mentor to be like, you know, you don't seem too happy right now in this work-life balancing. Can we have a conversation about it? Um, But being willing to say, I'm not doing great in this right now. Can we have a conversation about that? Um, So taking some responsibility in your own development because this person has taken responsibility in your development. think that is an important really important point in mentorship um, that it isn't just up to the mentor to bring things to you it is also partly the mentee's responsibility to ask for what they need Um, I know I struggle with that it uh, I feel anxious sometimes about emailing people that I know are very busy and asking for help or asking for support or a connection in some way. Um, but it is also our responsibility to take ownership of, of what we need and asking for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You are your own best advocate. I think this has been such a great conversation. Um, I think we could probably all talk about mentoring for quite some time. And so um, I think this is a good start though to that conversation. Um, so I would just encourage anybody who's watching who has additional questions to, to put them out there. Um, but I think we want to thank you, Peter, for joining us and for sharing your wisdom with us around um, mentoring and mentorship. And um, 
Thank you for joining us today. Check out our other episodes to hear more. You can find the first season on YouTube under Washington University Program and Occupational Therapies channel under the First Fridays for OT Research playlist. And more episodes of Demystifying Research linked under the Research tab on the Washington University OT webpage at ot.wustl.edu. That's ot.wustl.edu. Send us your ideas for future episodes at Demystifying Research.